Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. Do you still feel that Virginia Governor Northam should step down for wearing blackface 35 years ago? And do you support the Virginia House of Delegates holding a public hearing where the two women accusing Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor, of sexual assault can testify? Wait a well, second. Let's, let's Are those still stories? Uh, I, I forgot all about Governor Northam and Lieutenant Governor Fairfax. Didn't you? Well, of course you did, because the media moved on. And now they're kind of circling back because they're really not sure. <laughs> you know, they're really not sure if any of these stories that they've been running with have legs. And we'll talk about why we call it the fake news tomorrow. But um, I wanted to talk about this Southern Poverty Law Center um, crap that's going on. Now, the Southern Poverty Law Center has slandered a number of people that I know personally and a number of people that I know, uh, not personally, but uh, tangent- tangentially. Um, not the And the most egregious one would have to be Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson. I mean, to put him on a hate list is beneath contempt, but they did. Um, certainly my friend Pam Geller, Robert Spencer, um, Brigitte Gabrielle, the, the list is virtually endless. If you uh, take a position against radical Islam, then you are a hate group. I mean, that seems to be their, their uh, you know, default. Uh, newsrooms were on fire this week with this terrible news, right? And we heard it, particularly once the Jesse Smollett case um, erupted. And that is that the number of hate groups in the United States has soared to record highs under President Trump. Look, nobody, not me, not anybody I know, denies that there are haters in America and even some hate groups in the USA. And and we can all agree that even one hate group is one too many. But you need to look at these numbers that the Southern Poverty Law Center put out with uh, a little bit of caution. Because there's nothing that the partisan operatives would love more than for you to panic and to believe them uh, when they suggest that the problem can be solved by expelling one team from power, meaning Republicans, meaning Donald Trump. That the figures that are cited by the newsrooms come from the decidedly unreliable and hyper-partisan Southern Poverty Law Center uh, and that's the truth. Not what they say, but that they are in and of themselves a hate group. The New York Times reported over 1,000 hate groups are now active in the United States. Um, hate groups surge across the country since Charlottesville, the report says, reading the headline from the Miami Herald. Trump fear-mongering fuels rise of U.S. hate groups to record watchdog. U.S. News and World Report said in a headline that sort of gives the game away. Let's try to keep things in perspective here, okay? Remember, for example, that the rise in the number of hate crimes is attributable in some way to the fact that there are more reporting agencies. Hundreds of them, in fact. More than there ever was before. 
it's easy to say, oh, it's all because of President Trump. And you can point to uh, an incident like Charlottesville, where he definitely made a statement that um, was ill-advised, poorly poorly grafted, whatever you want to say. I don't believe he's a bigot, but I think it was an awful uh, moment to make that statement. But the problem of bigotry is a lot older and a lot more complicated than these numbers portray. And certainly um, a lot a lot bigger and more complicated than the current administration, okay? That the Trump White House isn't helping anything might be a complaint, and it might be a legitimate complaint. But don't fall for the suggestion that it's it's the main driver, because it's not. And while we're on the topic of taking things seriously, okay, it's important to remember that the Southern Poverty Law Center is not one of these groups, it's not an organization who's um, ever right, or hardly ever right, or should even be treated seriously. They are, most of what they report is garbage. It's politically motivated, it's biased, it all leans in one direction, and I don't take it seriously. In 2015, for example, They put the Department of Housing and Urban Development, Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson, on their extremist watch list, saying that he had anti-LGBT views. Um, They they once put, um, what's her name, Uh, Ali Herson, Ayana Hersi Ali, they put her on a hate list. They called her an anti-Muslim extremist. Because she opposes Islamic extremism. I mean, this is a woman who's a civil rights activist, a woman's rights activist. This is a woman who was victimized by female genital mutilation herself. This is a woman who's an atheist. You know, and, and they called her an anti-Muslim extremist because she opposes Islamic extremism. They put uh, Majid Nawaz... On, in the same category as they put Ali Hurston Ali. And the guy is Muslim. And they said he was an anti-Muslim extremist. By the way, he sued and won a big lawsuit against the SPLC. They lump pro-family and pro-Israel organizations with neo-Nazis. They're all in the same group. How, how does that even work? I mean, how do you logically line those two things up? They're not in the business of uh, thinking, exploring. They're not in the business of even addressing any of these uh, bigotries, whether it's ethnic or racial or religious. They're in the business of crushing anything to the right of the Democratic Party. Anything. And they just released a report this week, and it concedes that there is an uptick in the number of black nationalist groups since 2017, but it downplays this fact by claiming that these groups have little or no impact on mainstream politics and no defenders in high office. Oh, really? So I just imagined that that uh, famous anti-Semite and frequent Democratic guest at at the Congressional Caucus, Black Caucus um, of Louis Farrakhan, that was... uh, that was not having any impact? That They don't have any connections in government? Come on. 
you know, the SPLC is and has been a charlatan political hack for the left for ever so long. And the fact that all these major newspapers and all of these television stations and all of these anchors continue to quote them is despicable. What it tells me is that they are just too lazy to actually look at some of the numbers. Because when you look at the numbers, you begin to see two things. First and foremost is there are more reports of hate crimes than ever before because there are more reporters who literally spend all their time trying to track that down. And when you think about the major events that have happened, whether it was Charlottesville or whether, you know, I mean, obviously a Dylan Roof is a hate crime. Obviously, um, when somebody goes into some Brownsville neighborhood in New York and beats up any guy wearing a, a, a kippa, a yarmulke, it's a hate crime. You know, if somebody drags a black man behind, uh, you know, a truck, it's a hate crime. But explain to me how that's the only hate crimes that we really hear about at the national level. And yet there were thousands and thousands reported to the SPLC. Really was reporting them the same as someone being convicted of doing them? Because the things I cited to you, Dylan Roof and, um, you know, some of these more egregious, bigoted uh, occasions, Charlottesville, those things involved a, an investigation and in many instances, a conviction. Not so with all of these reports of hate crime. Uh, and now that we look at how many reported hate crimes are actually hoaxes, what... I don't know where they get these statistics and these figures from. If every time a student has reported that there was, uh, you know, swastika scribbled on their bed and they were called the N-word and everything else, we count that as a hate crime, even if we then find out that the person did it themselves or that the um, bomb threats that were being lodged against all of these Jewish organizations and uh, community centers here in America were actually launched from the computer of a Jewish kid in Israel. Do each one of those incidents still count as a hate crime to the SPLC? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Any report of a hate crime, they just click the box. Just check the box. That's a hate crime. That is not a statistic. You know, you know what they say. Um, liars can use statistics any way they want. And that's exactly what the SPLC does. They take a, uh, a sampling of reports and they extrapolate that there were therefore those many hate crimes that actually took place. And that is not just inaccurate. It is why we refer to them as fake news. Because they don't have uh, even a glimmer of fact-finding and truth-seeking left in them. I watched very little uh, news reporting over the weekend. I did watch some, I must admit, more than I did the prior week. Uh, because there were a couple of stories I was interested in. You know, certainly the trip to, to uh, Vietnam that the president left just a little while. I think he just left. 
And I wanted to, you know, some of the comments that he was making, you know, I, I know he does it just to really tick off Hobo and other people because it's so obvious to me that, you know, you, when you say you're in love with Kim Jong-un or when you say that, you know, you see eye to eye, um, you're really just trying to stick it to Spike Lee and everybody else who has a field day attacking the president. So it's fake news to us now. We don't know what to believe. We don't know who to believe. What we do know is that about 30% of the time they get it right, which means that 70% of the time they get it wrong. Why do we, you know, when I asked myself this question over the weekend, why do I watch so little news now? That's the reason. I simply don't believe it. I called for Governor Northam to step down. I think his ability to govern uh, has been compromised. As, as President Lincoln once said, uh, public sentiment is everything. With it, you can do anything. Without it, you can't do so anything. So should he still step so down? I, yes, I've called for that, and I think his ability to govern has been undermined. And I have, I, have a, I have a concern in the context of having a part-time state legislature conducting the hearings. I have been unequivocal in making sure that when allegations of this nature are made, that they are investigated. I don't think the Virginia House of Delegates and the, and the Senate are the right place to investigate it. We should have an independent investigation that should be prompt, it should be thorough, it should be fair, and, and it, it, that's what should happen. Yeah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. yeah this guy, Tom Perez, I, the, the more I get to know him the less i like him i just don't think he's that smart um but what did happen to that story i mean the news cycles you know i'll never forget i went through a pretty rough patch in 2010 uh becoming part of the news instead of uh, you know just getting to talk about it which is way more fun and I'll never forget Dr. Michael Savage telling me that the news cycle is about 72 to, I don't know, I think he said 144 hours long. And after that, they will move on to another subject. And while you may come up again infrequently, well, it won't be like that first three days or four days or whatever the case may be. And that seemed really hard to believe at the time, but he was absolutely right. You know, the the machine that we call the news now, this 24-hour news gathering, um, makes it impossible for them to stay with one story through completion. Like they start the story, they leave you hanging, and then they move on and start another story. They leave you hanging, and they move on and start another story. And by the time there is completion of the first story, nobody cares anymore. You know, I I remember the outrage, the absolute in in you know indefensible is what people were saying when we first heard about Governor Northam and his photograph. And first it was him, then it wasn't him, and then it was uh, he needs to open up the lines of communication. I'm not going anywhere. And then it's like, oh well, and the lieutenant governor he tried to you know have his way with me, and then he forced me to do this, and then another woman he and we're all sitting around going, this is, this is a huge story. What's going on in Virginia? I don't know. Does anybody know what's going on in Virginia now? I sure don't. 
Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional, sir, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. We, there's no question we have to be practical. But being practical also recognizes that climate change is an existential threat to us as human beings. Being practical recognizes that greenhouse gas emissions are threatening our, our, our air and it, threatening the planet and that it is well within our capacity as human beings to change our behaviors in a way that we can reduce its effects. That's practical. Can we afford it? Of course we can afford it. Two and a half, three trillion dollars a year for Medicare for all by some studies. I don't, depending on which portions of the Green New Deal you pick to do first, that's money. Uh, that you know what the Republicans are going to say, tax and spend liberals, pie in the sky. One of the things that I admire and respect is the measurement that is captured in three letters, ROI. Mm -hmm. What's the return on the investment? People in the private sector understand this really well. It's not about a cost, it's about an investment. And then the question should be, is it worth the cost in terms of the investment potential. Are we going to get back more than we put in? So when you Mayor Bloomberg, well, Amy Klobuchar, some of your potential fellow Democrats say, no, it's too much, it's too ambitious, it's too expensive, you think they're wrong? I look forward to that debate on the debate stage. I look forward to it very much. Yeah, I do too. I'm really looking forward to it very much because... If they spend all of their energy, the Democrats spend all of their energy seeing who gets the furthest to the left and um, speaks to what I would consider. Let me just state this. This came to me in a dream. Not really. It came to me when I was lying sleepless um, Friday or Saturday. I don't remember which day. But I was thinking about what their real motives are when they talk about this climate change thing because you know in my heart of hearts i don't believe that it's as simple as i'd like it to be you know i think it's a political hack tool and that uh, they are catering to a group that they have never really been successful with before and that is young voters young voters now th it's not just that they're not successful with this group nobody has been successful with this group they simply do not take the whole um, civics responsibility to heart. I have what I would consider extremely um, bright, very well-educated, if you call going to great schools well-educated. It depends on what they're teaching, I guess. Um, and certainly um, rather successful children, adult children right now. And I can tell you that in the last 20 years that they have been eligible to vote, well, 20 years for my daughter and slightly less for my son, years that they have been eligible to vote, they have failed to vote in numerous elections. Often because 
Uh, they were out of the country and didn't bother to get an absentee ballot, sometimes because they just didn't care that much and didn't like either one of the candidates or um, felt disillusioned, had heard something about the candidate that they'd been supporting that suddenly made them turn on a dime um, and didn't vote. Didn't vote. I cannot tell you the last time I didn't vote because there is no last time. I vote in every little stinky, stupid dog catcher election because I was brought up to believe that it was my fundamental um, responsibility as a citizen of this great nation to weigh in on the leadership of this nation and legislation. You know, whenever given the opportunity to vote on amendments or to vote on some of the most obscure things I, I can remember elections and I went to the poll and I thought I, I'm really like going to this poll to vote on this stupid commission review board, but I did it. And I'm not the kind of person who walks into the voting booth and just clicks away. Uh, if I don't understand the question or if I didn't think about that question or I didn't even know it was going to be on the ballot, which has happened to me, not lately, but years and years ago, I don't, I don't vote. You know, I don't I don't just say, oh, well, let me vote for the Democrat or oh, let me vote for the Republican or oh, let me vote no or let me vote yes, not knowing what it's about or who they are or what they're about. Not so with my kids. I can tell you that they have both admitted to me that on the rare occasion when they went into the voting booth and it is a rare occasion, they often will vote straight party line or they will simply vote no, 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 no. You know, it's like, okay, um, if I don't agree with it, I can't do any harm, which is not true. Voting no on some things is very harmful. But this group that they're soliciting with this green plan, green stream, whatever it is, green deal, new green deal, um, the only people who are going to come out to vote for that, I don't know who they are. I'm trying to figure it out. It would not motivate me to come out. It wouldn't motivate um, anybody except the like the the really loony loony left to come out and vote for. It's not uh, that people don't understand it. People know that it's got uh, an enormous price tag, and they also know that after years of having indulged themselves by voting for things with enormous price tags, being told that, don't worry, it won't be you paying for it, that they end up paying for it. And so now they're going to stop voting for those things anymore. I can't tell you how many times I voted for something that politicians told me, uh, we're not going to raise your taxes, and then they raised my taxes. So... I'm very circumspect about where you're getting the money for this, which is what you're hearing Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and all the rest of them are being asked questions, even by liberal commentators. Who's going to pay for this? How are you going to get the money for this? And with the exception of Ocasio-Cortez, who said, oh, and now actually Harris, who says things like, well, it doesn't matter who pays for it. It does if you are a tax citizen. I guess if you don't pay any taxes which a lot of Americans don't, they get a refund, they don't end up paying taxes in April, um, then they don't really care if you're going to raise taxes. But for somebody like me, who resents the government taking a significant portion of my earnings and then using it for things like, uh, you know, experiments on why blonde-headed people get sunburned more easily. 
You know, I could have answered that question without the National Institute for Health spending a million dollars to find out that they don't have as much melanin in their skin as darker complected people. I mean, come on, guys. We're frustrated. We're tired of being taxed. And this Green New Deal, as they as they refer to it, looks like it's going to cost a whole lot of money. And guess who that who's going to pay that money? I am. You are. There's no uh, there's no simple way that you get that money, especially when they're going to take back tax breaks. You know, Kamala Harris and and Elizabeth Warren talking about uh, first thing I'm doing is uh, overturning the Trump tax break. Whoa, whoa. You really think people are going to be motivated by that tact? I don't. I think most people, including millennials, really don't want to be taxed anymore and really don't want to see any tax break that they've received uh, come back to haunt them. Let me tell you the one thing that's coming back to haunt the Trump administration, and that is the change in some of the deductions, particularly these mortgage deductions and these states that now are um, not able to to, uh, use their state taxes as an offset. Um, That was a little surprising to some people. People who were thinking they were going to get a substantial refund find out that they're not getting one or they're not, you know, they might even have a a tax bill as a result of those changes. they're, They're a little frustrated. But again, not properly explained. Nobody really thinks that the American people are smart enough to understand this stuff. Senator Warren has made a new promise. No fundraisers with wealthy donors. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. Okay. but So who's going to do your fundraisers? Hobo, can you host a fundraiser for Elizabeth Warren? Because she don't want any wealthy donors using it. Can you invite no. all your friends? No, because they all probably sent their money to Bernie, the $27. So Right. The- I don't know where she's going to get this money from. Yeah. I mean, anybody, by the way, Bernie got a million donors already. One million people donated to his campaign. Now, that doesn't sound, yeah, it doesn't surprise you. Not one bit. It surprises me. I went back on the forums and it's actually, I think it's grown. He's yesterday's news, though. Are you guys really going to try and recycle the old guy from Vermont? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Still has a lot of love. And all his ideas are just getting ripped off. <laughs> but, right, so if you want you want a younger version of his ideas, you don't want him. No, I mean, they want him. Oh, my God. Without any doubt, they want him. Well, then then he needs to ex- And it is, ex- it's something I've, I've expressed before because I feel he's the most, he's honest. What? That's why, that, I'm just the telling man you. lives a total double standard. He has multiple houses. He wants to you. take everybody's money and spread it around except his. His he's going to keep. He's going to keep his multiple houses. He's going to have his driver pick him up and drop him off. Uh, you know, that, that's what just, just, it makes me crazy that you guys say, oh, he's honest. No, he's not. He's the same kind of cruddy politician. Look at Ocasio-Cortez. She's been in there for what, a month? She's but, already paying her boyfriend. She's already yeah. giving him an email account. She's already doesn't have a place where she lives in the Bronx. Uh, she, her father's apartment, she has never been there. The neighbors don't even know who she is. All right, She went there for one Vogue camera shoot uh, in her whole life. She's never walked the streets of the Bronx in her life. She was moved very early on up to Yorkville or Yorktown or wherever. So she's a total fraud. And the fact that so many young people are buying into this fraud 
is amazing to me. This girl went from being a bartender to making $180,000 a year as a New York City congresswoman, crafts a piece of garbage called a green dream, and people like Kamala Harris, who know better, are trying not to run too far away from it. Please. This is laughable. All I know is... I was worried that uh, that Trump would have a tough election, and he will because of what they're throwing at him, he himself. But competition? If Bernie is going to be his competition, that's hilarious. If any of the other candidates who have already declared are to be his competition, that's hilarious. The only thing that scares me is only one, well, there's actually two people who scare me to death. You know, one of them has said she won't run. The other one has said she won't run. Both of them, I think, are lying. And if Michelle Obama jumps into this race or Oprah Winfrey jumps into this race, then uh, Donald Trump's going to have his hands full. So uh, apparently... Dr. Phil has compared um, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez to the cash, what is her name, cash me outside or something, girl? Who, by the way, Danielle Bregoli is now like a big superstar making tons of money and starting her own makeup line and everything else. So, you know, for all the fun we made of her. She made a business of it. She made out very well. And I, I, you know... I'm always amazed at how things that look so ludicrous to me end up being palatable to the American people. I, I just, I don't get it. Um, what what about her is even remotely entertaining? And, and certainly the way she got her start was about as grotesque as anything I've ever seen. But then again, you know, I live in a world where um, you go to ask people you know, old retired politicians, what they think about the current batch of politicians. And then you give a, you know, you give them more credit than they deserve. Did you see any of this uh, award thing last night? I don't watch them. So I did, of course, didn't. I kind of stopped watching award shows. Did you? I think yeah, you, they're, they're too the long, ratings, too what were the ratings? Did they? Um, I don't know. I don't care. Well, usually we talk about that. Americans, uh, you know, have been watching award shows forever. Yes, and there's too many. They have there saturated are. it way too much. But I, there was a time when I thought it was in, interesting to watch. You know, um, certainly, I, I mean, the last time yeah. I watched the Oscars was, I don't even want to admit it, probably in the 80s. Well, maybe three years ago. Oh, three years ago? No way. That's I mean, mine. I'm just saying I think yeah. I watched a little bit of it and I was like, this is boring. But but all I know is that, uh, you know, the big controversies were, you know, who's going to be the host? And then they fired the um, the little guy, Kevin, what's his name, uh-huh. Hart, right? Because he apparently had made some homophobic, it wasn't a homophobic t- tweet, but whatever. Joke. It was a joke. Um, and actually, it was a joke based on his feelings, which, you know, I don't think he's the only father who's ever said something like that, you know. I'm sure there's tons. Yeah, you being one of them. Anyway, um, my, you know, my father being another one of them. Oscar ratings rise with ho- hostless show. See, I was able to find this. This is, they actually are up. Over all-time lows, 
which I guess was last year in 2018, was the all-time low. Um, Nielsen ratings reporting from Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Columbus, and Buffalo on a night where Spike Lee turned his back on Green Book's best picture. That's very Kanye West of him, right? Didn't he like, oh, except Kanye jumped up on the stage and tried to take Taylor Swift's uh, uh, award away from her because he thought it should have gone to who, Beyonce or somebody. Anyway, um, Spike Lee turned his back, walked to the back, blah, blah, blah. I've heard that three times this morning um, because of a book uh, a movie called Green Book. I have no idea what that movie is. I never even heard of it. I've seen trailers. I wanted to watch it. Yeah. It's like Driving Miss Daisy. I didn't watch it. But Spike Lee said that it's like, Maybe. you know, it's somebody driving somebody around. Yeah, there's a white guy driving a black guy around and he's taking him to parts, I think, of town that I think normally he wouldn't go into. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch what it. What does so... the Green Book mean? What is that? I don't know. Right. Nobody knows. And yet it won the Best Movie Award. Um, Olivia Coleman got a Best Actress Award and apparently made some wonderful speech. Um, but I don't even know what movie she was in. Do you? What's The Favorites? Is that a movie? I don't know. Yeah, no, neither do I. But so this happened people, to us. Wasn't it last Oscar? Yeah, because that's why I don't won. watch them anymore. I don't even know what these movies are. Um, and who hosted it last year? Jimmy Kimmel, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, what, I, I just don't care. If the best picture is... Uh, I'll tell you, remember when... Was it last year that that uh, water... Uh, yeah. Mermaid one one? That, one that horrible movie? Horrible. Oh, my God. That was like the worst movie I think I've ever seen in my life. One of them, anyway. But she falls in love with the mermaid that's captive, right? A merman. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, then you got to look at the Aquaman, and that's worth watching just for the visual. Well, that's because you're a lady, so. Yeah, well, so what was the color of water? Who was that for? Certainly okay. wasn't for ladies. That merman-looking thing wasn't cute. No, there was nothing in that movie. Was, but you can't compare them. Not and, really. And it was all like, you know, Alex Jones stuff anyway. You know, ooh, then the secret hiding place in the Pentagon basement. You know, they have a merman swimming around. <laughs> that is what <laughs> that's what it was about. I wonder if that guy seen that mermaid clip from Alex Jones. He's like, you know, that's a script. <laughs> and then he wrote it. I'm telling you, it was like, I'm sitting in the movie and I'm going like, <laughs> what, am, what is this? Is this movie called InfoWars? I really, it's uh, bizarre. And so I have no idea. I didn't see... I guess the other nominees were Black KKK Klansman, not a movie that I would have gone to see, right? I don't know what that even means. It's an interesting story. I, I didn't see it, though. Yeah, well, I don't find Spike Lee movies interesting at all. They're just, um, they're ju they just stoke tension. That's what his movies do. Um, and then uh, Roma, how's that going to win? I know it won some awards, but it doesn't even, it's not even in English, <laughs> you know? And what else? Bohemian Rhapsody? I didn't even see that. I guess I'll watch it. I have Netflix now. I can watch it. Oh, my God. When you're reduced to watching the losers on Netflix because you don't care about the winners, things are pretty bad in the movie industry. I'll tell you that. Too bad Netflix didn't win.